Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. So in the last teaching, we were developing the understanding of the dialectic of the drives. And it was mentioned that the philosopher Hegel was the author of that concept. But it was a philosopher who came shortly after Hegel who represents the break between the classical modernity, if you will, versus the modernity that would lead to the postmodern. <clears throat> that is represented by the shift from Hegel to Nietzsche. And so tonight it's Nietzsche that I want to discuss with you because he's one of the great geniuses of the Western philosophical tradition and <clears throat> analytic achievement of understanding of the inner labyrinth of consciousness who, whose foresight as to what is happening now in the world is unparalleled by any other thinker. Hegel, we could say, was the last Christian thinker, at least nominally Christian. <clears throat> but for Hegel, for Nietzsche, Christianity was a monstrosity. It was a, uh, a corruption and a perversion of the teachings of Christ. And so Nietzsche wanted to leave Christianity behind and return to Christ, to the real teachings of Yeshua. And he went very deeply into that understanding and into the relationship of Greece to Jerusalem because it was through the filter of Greek and Roman culture that Christianity both suffered its perversion when it was taken over by the Roman Empire that then used it in order to not only destroy all the other wisdom schools along the way, uh, all the Greek uh, schools, uh, but later on, of course, with its inquisition uh, to destroy all of, of the, the threats to the empire. And it was a tool of the empire to enslave the people, not uh, an instrument for liberation as Christ's own teachings were. And uh, if nothing else, Nietzsche was a great spiritual anarchist who wanted to return to freedom. But he also saw that freedom present in the Greek culture, at least among 
some of its philosophers, its great philosophers, and, and its great uh, artists, its playwrights. And so uh, his first book uh, was a book on Greek philosophy, and it was actually the birth of tragedy through the spirit of music. Nietzsche was also a great musician. Many people don't realize that. He's an extraordinary composer. You can hear his music is online. Uh, extraordinary uh, compositions uh, of, of great depth and, and power. And he recognized that the Greeks were very aware of the power of music. If you go back to Pythagoras, the whole universe is music. It's, it is a, a spectrum, an octave uh, of vibrational frequencies. And they were very much aware of how the different frequencies would uh, affect the soul and uh, invoke different drives within the human heart. So uh, his, his first book was, was an analysis of how the art form of tragedy developed as a means of displaying for the people the inner uh, journey of a soul through its own dark night in order to discover its own uh, an antithetical nature, its lower drives, and have to do battle with them in order to slay that which was inferior to be able to be victorious and, and able to uh, express uh, the truth uh, of our godly nature, of, the, of our uh, partaking of the good, the one, the, the absolute, through manifesting one of the forms, the archetypes of that infinite consciousness in our lives and becoming a manifestation, an avatar of that archetypal uh, beauty and truth. And, and he recognized that it was, it was this art form of tragedy itself that represented the soul's capacity to take the drives that were in conflict at the ego level and turn them into uh, convergent drives that would produce the highest art. And that this was the, the, the flower of, of human culture, to produce an artwork that would uh, perform and express the entire spectrum of the struggle within each soul to become liberated. And so he, he discovered that the mythology of Greece was a, a, a coded expression of the relationship of the different human drives. And that the two most important drives were those that were called Apollo and Dionysus. And Dionysus was that desire for freedom that would suffer the tragic resistance of a culture that wasn't able to bear its truth and, and, and its power and its breaking of the molds of conventional morality and belief systems and, uh, and would be martyred or would be in some way forced into the position of Prometheus who by stealing the fire of the gods had to suffer 
having his uh, liver eaten by the, uh, the crow or whatever that bird of prey was that they uh, sicked on him. Uh, so it was the convergence, the alliance of Apollo and uh, Dionysus that the soul was able to achieve that created the possibility of producing a work of art that would resolve all of these internal conflicts and express their resolution for the community as a whole. Apollo represented the spirit of art, the structures of consciousness, the incredible discipline required to produce a play or a symphony or, or some other art form, and Dionysus, the freedom to, to bring the wildness uh, of complete uh, non-structured uh, pouring out of creative intelligence and love into that artwork. And it was only when both of these drives were unified that great art could be produced. So it was uh, Nietzsche, who, who, by the way, he was born in 1844, and his father was a Lutheran pastor. He grew up in a very Christian atmosphere. And like Ramana, he lost his father at a young age, even younger. He was only four. And uh, this was one of the great uh, searches for the, the name of the father, if you will, the word of the father. And so his, uh, his, his love for Christ was very deep. Many people think of him as being anti-Christian, anti, but only in the terms of the religion that that perverted the teachings, not of Christ. And so he was very much involved in that, and then he integrated that with his love for uh, Greek culture and philosophy, and he became the earliest uh, chair of the Department of Philology at the University of Leipzig, and uh, in which he was uh, a teacher of Greek and uh, Latin uh, literature and, and philosophy. But then his, his own inner journey took him so deep, he could no longer remain within the academic world. Uh, his, his writing uh, broke through the traditional form that philosophy would take. And he was not interested in, in uh, the kinds of uh, pseudo-philosophy that are here nowadays of logic and analytic philosophy and philosophy of science and all of that. He wanted to go to the depth of the meaning of, the, of, of human consciousness. And so in that, he, he uh, left uh, into a world of solitude in which he plummeted into the delirium of the depth uh, of his subconscious, and he attained through his own inner struggle in the labyrinth, the superconscious uh, nature. And so his life was a, a beautiful uh, process of following Ariadne's thread through the labyrinth to discover and slay the Minotaur. But he got wounded by the Minotaur along the way, as everyone does who actually engages in that battle. And he turned those wounds into philosophy and into music. 
Along the way, he became an ally of Wagner, who he thought also was bringing a musical renaissance uh, to not only Germany, but to the world. But then he felt that Wagner also uh, began to corrupt his vision, and he had to leave uh, Wagner as well. And then he, he lost all his friends, and he was really in a very solitary and lonely state, and really no one understood him. Uh, but in his uh, struggles, he, I think unwittingly, uh, rediscovered the insights of Taoism. You can, you can see exact phrases almost that come from Zhuangzi and Laozi in his writings. And in his final stage in the 1880s, he, he achieved uh, Wu Wei, which was his ultimate uh, goal, to have a consciousness that was totally free of intention, that was just a pure vehicle for the outpouring of, of truth. And then he reached a final level in which he went beyond language. And, and his, uh, he realized he was done. He had, he had graduated. He had realized the self. And in that moment, he knew that he had to leave behind uh, philosophy and, uh, and the, the whole world of, of symbolic uh, truth to be saturated by the real. And because Germany had no ashrams at that time, the closest thing he could find was an insane asylum, which, as you know, is very similar to an ashram, <laughs> if not identical. And so he found a very comfortable one. And in order to make sure they admitted him, he was reading a book by Dostoevsky. He was reading Crime and Punishment. And there was a scene in there where Raskolnikov, the, the, the hero, did something that got him busted. And uh, he did the same act. Uh, with uh, trying to protect a horse that was being flogged by a driver, etc. Anyway, he went mad, quote unquote, and indeed they took him to this uh, asylum, and he was very happy there. They had beautiful gardens, and he walked, and 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 he was in a meditative state. And his his the few friends he still had visited him, and they all came back and said very publicly. He's feigning madness. He's not mad. He, he's, he's totally lucid, but he's done with the symbolic level. He's jivan mukti. You know, they didn't use that word, but it was the equivalent of that. And they recognized this was divine madness. It was not psychosis. Uh, and, and he completed his journey. And so uh, he's one of the great figures of the modern age, one of the, the few sages that we can look to, although he's totally misunderstood by most people, called a Nazi and anti-religious and all of that, but none of that is actually true. So in any case, all of that is a prologue uh, to a preamble that I'll now begin, <laughs> which is, Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website, 
We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.